meaning to talk about something for a while. And some of you have probably heard me talk about this before. And uh, you've got a Bible with you, turn to Genesis chapter 3. And I want to be straight with you tonight. I want to talk about something that not a lot of people talk about. But in their own lives, I don't, definitely don't talk about it with other people. But, you know, as Christians, for the Christian, we need to learn the difference between uh, my own voice, what I want to do, me, what I want to do, the me, the flesh, what pleases me, the voice of the Lord, what God wants me to do, and ultimately the voice of the enemy, what we call the devil, Satan. Because I want you to understand something. As God, as a Christian, as a God has a plan for your life, so the devil has a plan for your life. And if you're in this place here tonight, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, yeah? Well, got Mike's breaking, the dog's in the meeting, got everything going on, right? <laughs> if you're in this place here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I want to tell you what I'm talking about. Because the Christian in this respect is no different than the non-Christian. Because we ain't been, no, I know I'm a Christian, I'm no better than anyone else. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of the Lord. But I know the devil is real and is about his work and is in this world. And I'll tell you what I mean. The enemy whispers to the mind. The devil whispers to the mind whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. And he tells you things like this. And maybe you've heard this before. And you think, oh no, we don't talk about things like this, right? But maybe you've heard this voice before. Just kill yourself. Because your family's better off without you. Your children will be better off without you. Your wife and your husband will be better off without you. Your family will be better off. You'll be doing everyone a favour. Just take your own life. He'll even tell you how to do it. Just kill yourself because you'll be be- everyone will be better off without you. And I want to tell you something now in this place. Before we even get into this, I want to tell you something now in this place. I, heard, I read something on the Facebook the other day. It said, I'd rather listen to your problems than visit, go to your funeral. And for me, that's 100% true. I'd rather someone come and talk to me than have to go and look down an hole and see their children and their wife crying. Because this is a real thing. Travelling people are taking their life all up and down the country, young girls and boys, men, married men and women. All the... What's going on? What's going on in the world? What's going on with us? What's going on with everyone else? And tonight, I know for a fact the Bible has the answer. And we're going to look at the story right back in the beginning of time because the same trick the devil was doing now, he was doing then. And I want you to bear with me for a minute because in a minute, there's going to be good news, hallelujah. In a minute, there's going to be good news. Genesis chapter 3. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than all the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made and he had said to the woman, to Eve, yeah? Has God indeed said, you should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst, in the middle of the garden, God has said, 
You shall not eat it, you shall not touch it, otherwise you'll die, unless you'll die. So God's given a warning. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of his fruit and she ate of it, and she also gave it to her husband and he ate. We all know that story, didn't we? We've heard it somewhere before. We've read it in the Bible. We heard it when we were young. Adam ate the apple or whatever fruit it was. We've heard that story. But that same trick's still going on today. And I'm going to explain why. Let's just pray. Amen? Pray for me. And if you're in this place, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Saviour, you ask the Lord, is what this fell up? Is, is your word right, Lord? Should I be born again? Is this right? Is this what's going on? Ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. Because you don't need me to tell you. God will show you himself. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Lord has been praying. Let your way, Lord. Let your name be glorified and praised. Let your name be glorified. There's none like you, Lord. I pray. You let your way, Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the serpent, which is the form in which the devil come to Eve, says he was more cunning. That word cunning means subtle. Not the word subtle means, it means softly, gently, kindly, wise. It means wise also, wisely. See, when the enemy comes, and sometimes you hear a voice in your mind, and this is where the enemy speaks to see here, this is the battlefield. This is where the enemy's the kiddie. This is where the devil's the kiddie. He's been doing it for thousands of years. He knows it's inside out. And it's only by the power and the strength of the Lord can we overcome these things. Because the enemy has a plan in your life. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's his plan for me, for my children, for my wife, for you and your families and your children and your grandchildren. Sin is nobody's friend. It's only ever your governor. The devil is nobody's friend. He's only ever your governor. He just wants to lead you down a broad road to destruction. And these things are real. And I tell you why I'm real. Because you know, or you know someone, or in your own life, you've heard that voice. And everyone can have a bad day. Everyone goes, please, what's ever going I can't, what's going on today? Everyone's had it. I'm not talking about a job jacket on you, or getting a flat tyre, or you've had an argument with your wife or your husband. Or your chavvies ain't come home the night before, they've been out stopped out all night, you don't know where they're at. Oh, Satan's up. that's not Satan. Right, that's bad chavvies. You torturing your husband to death and you've had a flat tire, whatever. I'm talking about that voice that comes right at the end. Kill yourself, you're no good. You'll never be no good. No one wants you. No one loves you. You're better off dead. See that voice there? That's from the pizzas. That's from Satan. That's that's from the devil. And whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, people have heard it, or they know someone who's heard it because they've shared it with you. You've had someone come to you and said, "I feel like I feel like killing myself." And I tell you, I know it's from the devil because I say to people all the time, "Tell me why," and they say, "I ain't got a reason why. I can't put my finger on it." 
I'm all right. My husband's okay. My children's all right. My husband's getting a living. Everything's all right. I just feel like I can't go on anymore. Now, the devil's crafty. He says he came. He was more crafty than all the other beasts of the field. He come to, I don't like snakes. But he come to Eve like a snake, like a serpent. But she wasn't surprised by it. What we can take from that is that the devil comes in a way that ain't going to frighten us. It's not going to startle us. It's not going to surprise us. Because let me tell you something, now when the enemy comes, it's the most beautifulest thing you've ever said in your life. It's the most beautifulest thing you've ever said in your life. And the words make that much sense. Yeah, this is right. You know, people get stranded on desert islands. I found a man last year living in a jungle in the Philippines somewhere, or South America. He'd been there for 20 odd years, got taken as a little boy by his dad, a week into the jungle in one direction. His dad died after a few years. The boy knew how to survive. He lived 20 odd years on his own in the middle of a jungle because there's something inside of us. When God made us, he made something inside of us that said, live, survive, get up and carry on. And the devil just wants you down. He came to Eve and he whispered to Eve. He spoke to Eve in a way that she wasn't frightened of. She wasn't worried about. It was crafty. It was cunning. It was wise. And let me tell you something. This is one of the dangerous ways that the enemy comes to travellers. Ah, there's no harm. But everyone else is doing it. There's no harm. There's no harm. We had a missionary a couple of years ago and there was a travelling fellow with his cousin in the motor and there were two travelling girls in the back of the motor. He had a lovely cold. You know, the young girls and boys are driving up and down at the mission and he's working these balloons. He's on these balloons, right? And I'm standing there, about three foot away from him and he's, he can't get out. He's in the traffic and there they are, the girls and the boys, they're all working these balloons in them, right? Now they're dangerous, aren't they? You're a mother and father in this place. You know that them things are dangerous. When I was a young boy, they called that solvent abuse. People used to sniff glue years ago. And now the CFC cans put the cloth over it. The boys used to breathe it in. They used to rot their teeth. They're dangerous. On that mission, a boy smashed himself up over it. And smashed someone else up. There they are working these balloons. And in there I'm saying, the fellas looking me right in the face. I said, can I ask you a question, Mush? Yeah. I said, are you not embarrassed doing what you're doing? I said, because I'd be ledged. I'd be embarrassed if I was doing what you're doing in front of travelling people. He said, why should I be embarrassed, Mush? He said, everyone's doing it. Ah, there's no harm. See all that, there's no harm. Sometimes, that's the voice of the devil. I'll let my children go there, there's no harm. Then after a while, your children don't want God, all they want is the world. I'll my husband to go to Australia and earn a few quid because everyone's earning plenty of money out there. And there's no harm. And then come back, and I've had the amount of men and women go to me, I can't work out, we're not Christians anymore. We're not, we're not walking with the Lord anymore. Well, it's because you left England for money. And when you leave, when you leave God for money, you can't serve both. You either have money or you have God. Amen. Ah, there's no harm. You ever heard that? You ever thought that? I wonder if there is harm in things. I wonder if the devil's just telling us there's no harm. Like he's going to tell Eve in a minute. 
Same old trick, same old words. The craftiness of the devil, a little by little, and then before I turn around, I look around, me and my family, we're so far from the Lord. Maybe the enemy's in his place tonight. Maybe the devil's in his place tonight. You don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord Saviour. And maybe he's saying this to you. Listen, take notes of these born-again Christians. All they keep doing is clapping and going all the time and singing. They, they should, listen, they need to be Christians. You don't. You're right. You can't be a Christian. How are you going to get a living? You ever heard that? If you're in this place, maybe I spoke to a girl the other night. She went, I'm worried about what my mother and father's going to say. On judgment day, when we stand before the Lord, we're on our own, the Bible says. There's no one with us there. The subtleness of the devil. It says in verse 2, Now the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees. Come along and said, Look, has God really said to you something? So the first thing he's trying to do is part down the line. Did God really say that to you? Has God really promised you that? Is he ever going to save your family? Is he ever going to save your children? Are you, ever, are you going to be able to remain a Christian? That's what the enemy tells me. You're a Christian now but you're never going to stick it to the end. Are you, God really got his hand upon you? Is Jesus really real? Are these born again Christians right? Do I need to be saved? Should I be a Muslim, a Catholic, a Buddhist? What's all these questions? You ever heard that? Same thing he's saying to Eve. No new tricks. Has God really said to you, you can't eat the fruit from the tree? And she said, well look, God said we can't eat it or touch it. And she added something there. She added something. Or maybe, because God never told her, he told Adam. Maybe, maybe she never had explained to her properly. Maybe Adam didn't explain it to her properly. But either way, if we add to the word of the Lord, we're going to be like Eve. We're going to cause ourselves problems. Ultimately, Eve was vulnerable from the attack of the enemy because she didn't understand what God said. She didn't understand God's words. Or maybe she never had explained to her properly. And that can be a problem as well. When we don't have the word of God conveyed to us properly, when we listen to weirdo teachers and weirdo teachings and take things in the aim of the Bible, the aim of God, because some preachers don't believe you need a scripture for everything, and I'm telling you, if you want to stay on the straight and narrow, you do. This craftiness of the devil. Has God really said this? No one can help you. You're a lost cause. No one can save you. There is no God. Look around you. What's your mother and father going to say? What's your family going to say? Then she starts thinking about it. And you know what the biggest mistake Eve made? Because let me tell you something. The enemy can say things to you all day long. What makes it dangerous is when you believe it. When you listen to that voice that says, do yourself in, take your life. When you listen to that voice that says that you ain't no good, a 
and that no one loves you and there is no hope in this world. There's no life for you in this world. I'm telling you there is hope in this world and it ain't found in this building. It's found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, hallelujah. That there is hope in Jesus Christ because he has lived and he has died and he has rose again that we may have hope. And the Bible says that one day he's coming back to take us to be with him. Not because I'm special or the other Christians are special, but because of what he has done. And the Bible calls it that calls that our blessed hope. Hallelujah. The devil will tell you there's no hope. He just wants to put doubt in your mind like he did to Eve. Has God really said them things? You're not worth saving. What does God want you for? Do you know the Bible teaches me? That Jesus Christ died a cruel death and he never done a thing wrong. And he rose from the dead and he done miracles, he done wonderful things. And the Bible teaches that if only one person in this world would have been a sinner, just one person couldn't go to heaven, just one person not good enough, that person might have been you. That Jesus still would have went through everything he went through and died a cruel death and rose again from the dead just to save your soul, just one. What sort of place is hell that God would become a man and hang upon a cross and pay my price that I might have forgiveness in him? And we hear that old chat, we hear that chat all the time. Speak, listen, the women, I've never heard the women say anything like this, but when you're out and you're witnessing the men in your own, they say, oh, listen, I'll be down there with all my mates and all my cousins. There'll be a party, we'll have a cushy old time, I'll be air coursing all day and drinking. The Bible says that hell was a place of fire and torment and torture in outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing and teeth. That there's so much pain and so much anxiety and so much fear that people are grinding their teeth and gnashing their teeth because there's no other way to express how they feel. Hell was a place without God. When no one's ever going to say to you again, you're never going to hear a loving voice ever again for the rest of your life. No one's ever going to say to you again, it's time to get up now. Let's go and have something to eat. Let's go to church. Are you alright? How are you today? Remember I love you. You're never going to hear them words again now. There's no loving words, no love and kindness. No one's coming to save you or take you out of it. It's a place for eternity where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Alone. That's where there's no hope. That's where there's no hope. Where Satan wants you to go. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have life to the full. Hallelujah. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. So God has said, you're going to die if you eat the fruit. And then the devil said, you will not surely die. He's speaking against God. You know what he added into the conversation? He just added one word, not. God said, you will die. And Satan said, you will not surely die. He added one word, not. You know rat poison is 90% food, 10% poison. You know, if you drink from a poison well, it's going to make you sick. It's listening to the voice of the enemy. It's believing. The devil's got people believing that God ain't real, that Jesus ain't real, that there's no hope out there, that no one can help you, no one can heal the sick, no one can do miracles, there's no such thing. 
You're never going to find someone. You're always going to be on your own. Your family don't love you. You've always been trapped this way and trapped that way. No one thinks they of you. Take your own life. Do yourself away. That's a lie from the pits of the enemy. You know, Steve mentioned about the woman who touched him of his garment. It's a beautiful story. This old woman had a disease that no one could cure. And Jesus was surrounded by a big crowd. And this woman knew if she could just get to where Jesus was and touch him of his garment, that she'd be completely healed. But she ain't even meant to be in the crowd. She don't want no one to see her. She don't want no one to be there. She's working her way through and there's hundreds of people pushing around Jesus. And all of a sudden, this little hand, this little old hand, this sick woman reaches out and touches the hem of his clothes, his cloak. And he felt the power go out from him and she was healed. And straight away, Jesus turned around. He said, who's touched me? And they said, why are you asking who's touching me? Well, look how many people's here. So everyone's pressing about you. What do you mean who's touched you? He said, someone's touched me. I felt the power go out. And he seen a woman. And the woman said, it was me. And you know what that says to me, that story? That where Jesus is concerned, no one gets lost in the crowd. That woman meant enough to him that he stopped everything he was doing. He forgot about all the people. And he turned and he spoke and he had a conversation with that woman. I don't know what he said. But I bet it was the kindest words that woman's ever heard. That woman was healed. You know you can have that same Jesus tonight, hallelujah. It's not possible. The enemy just wants to put that in your mind. And speak to your mind. It's not possible. These things ain't possible. God heals other people, Christian. He ain't going to heal your children, your family. God ain't going to make a way for you. He does it for everyone else, but it's not going to happen with you. The Bible says all things are possible with God. Hallelujah. If my, my God, my Lord Jesus, the Bible teaches me that when God created the earth, he created everything through Jesus Christ. That means my Jesus placed the sun in the sky. Now that ball of fire, he got the sun and he placed it in the sky like that. But he can't help our problems. He can't save, deliver and heal. What's the point of believing in such a God? What's the point of worshipping him? What are we all doing here? If he can't solve my problems. And he ain't a genie where I go, listen, I've got a list today. Got a bit of aggro. This is a problem, that's a problem. Sort all that out. He ain't a genie. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And my life ain't perfect just because I've become a Christian. He sorted all my problems out and done everything. And I've never, there's no one ever sick in my life. And I never have no problems. And my pocket's always full of money. And uh, it's, always good, it's always the, the best. Of, uh, when your life's a Christian, you're like that. And it's like that when you're not a Christian, isn't it? You have good times, you have bad times. You know my problem's like that. The Lord's right alongside me. The Lord's right alongside me. For God knows in that day, the enemy said, the devil, the serpent said, you eat of that fruit, your eyes will be opened, you'll be like God, you're no good from evil. You'll be like God, and, uh, and the woman said, the woman saw it, and looked at it, and thought, this is cushy. Look, if I eat this, I'll be like God, I'll be like God. She believed what the devil told her, and listen, this is the point I'm trying to tell you tonight. Don't believe the rubbish. 
Don't believe the lies that the enemy is trying to plant in your mind. Ask God and pray for the Christian in here tonight. Lord, show me the difference between my voice, the enemy's voice, and your voice. Let me listen to you and not the devil. Because the enemy's only trying to lead me astray. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we know the end of the story. She believed him. She could have sat and listened all day. If she'd have gone, no, thank you very much, I'd rather believe God. But she chose to believe what the enemy said. And the enemy's crafty, you know. Because she fought one way. She fought one way. She went, oh, we can't eat it or even touch it. We're not allowed to. She's listening to what he's saying. She's taking it in and she's dwelling on it. And you know what I mean. When them thoughts come into your head and you're dwelling on them. Something from 1872. Your great-grandfathers. Saying that with your great-grandfathers. Do you know what I mean? And that thought comes in your head. Oh, yeah. Look at him with his swelled head. He's on again, he is. I remember what he said 38,000 years ago. Right? Oh, see then. Oh, yeah. They've ended up with a foot extra than what I've ended up with, have they? Yeah, I'll show you what I do with them. I break a lot of it to the ground. You do know them faults, didn't you? That the enemy wants you to dwell on. You know what? No one don't think they do. You're better off dead. And then we start to think to ourselves, you know what? That could be right. No, it is a lie. It's a lie. It's the enemy trying to lead you down a road like he did Eve for a bad outcome. If you're in this place tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Saviour, guaranteed you've heard that voice and it might have sounded like this. Being a Christian's good. Being a Christian's right. But be a Christian tomorrow because you've got things to do today. There's things for you to do today that you need to do and you don't want to be an hypocrite. Don't be an hypocrite. No one likes hypocrites. You've got to tell lies when you go to work tomorrow. Get a few quid first and then be a Christian. Ever heard that? Well, let your husband get saved first and then you'll follow him. Or what I try, this is the best one, what, and I try to do this in my life. I, I'll get off the drink, yeah, and I won't cut up rough anymore and go to the pub. And when I've sorted myself out and all my life's good, then I'll become a Christian. It's like saying, what I do, I'm sick as a joke, I'm as ill as a dog dying, I'll get myself better, then I'll go to the doctor. Don't work that way, does it? It don't work that way. What we need to do is when the Bible calls Jesus... The great physician. The king of kings and the lord of lords. We can't get ourselves right. That's why we need Jesus. Because we ain't no good. Without Jesus I'm just a scumbag. A sinner. I'm no good without Christ. I need Christ in my life. And the best thing in my life is Jesus Christ. Take him away. I'm just a no good sinner. If you're in this place tonight and you think you're too good. Listen. Listen. That fella he needed to be a Christian. Because he had anxiety and depression. That girl needed to be a Christian uh, because she can sit the death of her life. I don't like that. I've got a good life. Don't get saved. Jesus has healed a marriage and healed anxiety. They're healings. But you don't get saved just for God to heal. You get saved because the Bible says without Jesus we're going to hell. The Bible says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, the Bible says. In Romans 6.23. 
The Bible says if you've ever told one lie, you can't enter the kingdom of God. One lie. What chance does any of us have? Ask yourself the question. Don't raise a hand. Don't have to raise your hand or say me or anything like that. You ever told a lie? Thou shalt not lie, the Ten Commandments says. It says, thou shalt not steal. You ever chored anything, regardless of the cost? No, I've never chored a thing in my life. I had someone say to me once. Well, you've never walked around the supermarket and ate a bunch of grapes. In my case, two or three bunches of grapes. And then when you get to the till, you want the woman to weigh the stalk. Get rid of that. You know, if you take something that don't belong to you, you've chored it. That's stealing. And what we do is go, no, no, cacker. It's only a little thing. What difference does it make? Sin is sin in the eyes of the Lord. Let me put it this way. If you rob the bank for 50 grand and then go and give that 50 grand to charity so someone can have a new kidney or a new liver or some sort of operation, yeah? You rob the bank and then the police catch you and you say to them, but I'll give the money away to charity. Are you going to get locked up or let go? Come on, what do you reckon the answer is? Still going to get locked up, and you why? Because you broke the law. Well, the Bible says that God has laws. We're accountable to God. One day we all got to draw our last breath and stand before the Lord, the Bible says. Well, answer me this. Would you be innocent or guilty? If you've ever told one lie, you can't enter the kingdom of God. We're sinners, we're guilty. But the Bible says when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, that he died for me, for my sin, and that he was laid in the tomb and that he rose from death to life. And I believe that Jesus done that for me. And I accept him as Lord of my life and I surrender my life to him. Say, come into my life, Lord. Make me born again. The Bible says I pass from death to life. I'm born again and I'm forgiven. The slate wiped clean, hallelujah. The slate wiped clean. Satan was happening to me right now. I went out of here, drove down that road. Satan was happening to me. I'd die. I'd wake up in the arms of Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell me where that's promised. Tell me how life can give you that. There's young people driving off in motors and never coming home. There's young girls and young men taking their own life. They've got no answers. Doctors ain't got no answers. Parents ain't got no answers. Specialists ain't got no answers. Everyone's looking for the quick fix. Tell me what good a million pounds would do you if you was laying in hospital dying. What good would a million pounds do me if one of my children was in hospital dying? And I say to the doctor, here, what can we do? We've said it. What can we do? I ain't got nothing, but I've got family. Together, we could do something. You know, you can't do nothing. You know the doctor you'd see if you paid a million pounds? It's the same doctor he's seeing now. Tell me what good money does anything when your children's ill. One day I'm going to breathe my last. We're going to breathe our last. We're going to leave this place. Are you innocent? Are you guilty before the Lord? If you can say in your heart tonight, I think I'm guilty, then tonight, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish in hell, but have everlasting life in heaven. And you can have that tonight. You can have that same Jesus. You don't have to listen to that voice. 
You can have that same Jesus. You can be set free. Jesus can heal. Yes, Jesus can heal you from your anxiety and depression. Yes, Jesus can give you a better life. But what Jesus died and rose again for was to save your soul. You know in here, know you. He come to save you and know you. And that same Jesus you can have tonight. You know, there's a, you can go and visit the tomb of Muhammad. He's still got his bones in it. You can go and visit the tomb of Buddha. The wisest man apparently in the world. His bones are still there. Just a the man, he died. But there's a tomb in Israel that's empty. Because Jesus rose from death to life, hallelujah. And this is the saviour you've been offered tonight. And I'll finish with this. Story, it's only a story. But the story goes like this. Satan's sending out three demons to go about the earth and confuse people and bring doubt and stop them from becoming Christians. So he says to the first one, what are you going to tell the people? What lie are you going to tell them? And he says, I'm going to tell the people there is no God. There's no God. He don't exist. We're all here. We all come from monkeys. God don't exist. And that's what I'm going to tell them. And he said, that's good. But it's... Everyone believes in God in some way. They'll believe the saint after you. You'll get some people, but you won't get all the people. And he said, next one, what are you going to say? He said, I don't want to tell the people there's no hell. There's nothing to be frightened of. There's nothing to worry about. When you die, you either go to heaven, and if you're not good enough to go to heaven, it's just peace and nothingness. And he said, the devil said, that's good. But not everyone believes that because people have a natural fear that when they die, they're going to be judged. So you'll get some people, you're going to get all the people. He said, what are you going to do to the third one? He said, I'm going to tell the people, not that there's no God or that there's no hell, I'm going to tell the people there's no rush. You've got all the time in the world. Yeah, it's all right. Jesus is true. Being born again is true. You're a sinner, you're going to hell. It's all true. God is real, it's all real. Be a Christian, it's good. But be one tomorrow. There's no rush. And the devil said to him, you'll get everybody. You will get everyone. Because tomorrow never comes, doesn't it? Tomorrow never comes. I was 18 once. I ain't 18 anymore. <laughs> I was a lot slimmer once. I ain't slim anymore. Tomorrow never comes, does it? We run and we rip and we tear and one day we're going to be stood before the Lord and have to give an answer and account for our lives. Will you be innocent or guilty? If you think you'd be guilty tonight, then tonight you can leave this place as having Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. He's a wonderful Saviour. Come know him. Come have him in your heart. We can't save anyone. Only Jesus saves. Hallelujah. I ran back 